I'm Tom. And I'm Zeus. And we're from Shout It Out Loudcast. And this is Gene Simmons from Kiss. And this is Ace Fraley. And when we want to listen to anything about football, music, kiss, wrestling, country music, and more, we go to On the Flyth with Stevie Flyth and Jason Worden. Check them out. Oh, yeah. You are listening to On The Fly. What's up, guys? We are back after a week off. We had two weeks Warden. of hell. Warden was on the DL for two weeks, so, uh, yeah. but yeah, he's he's recovered now. No, you know, <laughs> we miss Warden. We did, believe it or not, we miss Warden. But uh, the, the hair hasn't grown back, but the no, voice and, is and, back, and, his, so. and his taste in. Uh, his taste in clothing is is suffered as well. You look at that; it's amazing. He's a Cowboys fan, and he's going he's going to pull for a Manning. Yeah, that's 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 pretty tough, man. But hey, man, hey, I mean, God, Eli owned us, man, so bad. And but I always like Peyton. Peyton was always cool. But man, I'm excited about Texas. I mean, I'm actually going to the UTSA game. UTSA is a local affiliate here in San Antonio which is funny because it's only 45 minutes away, but I'm, of course I'm, I'm, I went to UTSA, but they didn't have a football team there. So I've always been for Texas, but man, how bad is it going to be if UTSA pulls off the upset and UTSA is not a bad team. They got a, they got a couple of players in the pros and I mean, anything can happen, especially the way UT has been playing the last few years. That's true. You never know, but that's, that's UTSA. Um, they upset Baylor. I went to a game a couple years ago and Baylor was pretty good. They upset Baylor. So I mean it's football. Any give like they say, any given Sunday or Saturday. I mean, anything can happen. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see. And guess what? Football season is right around the corner. Yeah, two months. I'll be at that game. Actually, I'll tell you this. We've started, you know, of course, people don't know if people don't know, I, I coach at a uh, private school. My school I went to, a small school over here. I, I'm a volunteer coach over here. And we started our voluntary workouts in June. And in less than a month, we will have our first <clears throat> our first game. So yeah, it's getting it's getting in the short rows now. But uh, can't turn my light off. It won't shut off. There it goes. The glare of my head's too, too uh, yeah I'll get ready to say woo jeez uh, it's 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 Stevie and Casper. <laughs> we'll sing that song remember me this way you remember that you remember that movie no what movie is that oh jeez it's movie, uh, casper well you just said Stevie yeah but casper. you i mean you had kids when that came out dude i i didn't really have kids so christina ritchie was in it i remember the casper when it was like on a cartoon yeah well, i remember that too and like you look at Casper and Richie Rich, they're the same. They are the same. Yes, yeah. they're the very same. That somebody got lazy and said the artist got lazy. And said, hey, 
we'll just make a ghost out of Richie Rich and I'll have another show. No, I kind of tuned out when the early 2000s when they had those kids movies and nah, that's not my thing, man. Greetings from the swamp. And I, I'm assuming we've got some comments coming in already. It's got to be Chris Odom. What's up, buddy? That's the uh, <clears throat> Chris and his son, Quentin. And I can't tell. It just says face, Facebook user up here if it's Chris Quentin. But father and son uh, that do a podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah. I've been on that podcast before. They, if Chris, what's it? A, what do they? What do they talk about? They talk about sports. They, it's a sports podcast. They talk about some local stuff, and they they're big into high school football, and uh, they're NC State fans. So, uh, yep, it's Chris. Yeah, that's Chris one thing that fine. Texas and Louisiana shares a love for high school football. Man, it's, I mean, it's it's huge down here, man. I mean, you, I work for a school district. It's like the <laughs> they always look at the stadiums and stuff. I mean, they're always big down here. I don't know about Louisiana, but we do love our football. Yeah. North Carolina, it's not as not as big as Texas by any means, but it's, it's still a big it's love. more basketball, more basketball in it with the Well, high school, you know, there's still a big love for high school football, but it's not we're not to the level of Texas by any means. But uh I took anyway. your uh I took your advice and I watched that uh Showtime about the Lakers. Yeah. And it's funny because I mean, I'm a I'm a Spurs fan and of course, you know, living in San Antonio but I, there was a time before Jordan, before I became a Michael Jordan fan, mm. is because I remember the Lakers were always playing the it were playing the Pistons, and I couldn't stand the Pistons. So I liked my I like Magic, and I liked um, and I like Kareem. You know, of course, from Airplane. You know, Roger. Roger. <laughs> no, that's Roger Murdoch. Yeah, that's not Kareem. Yes, yeah, Roger true. Murdoch. But, but I, I've always had a kind of a soft spot for Magic Johnson and the Lakers. And, you know, I mean, it, it's it's kind of weird being a Spurs fan, being a St. Louis Cardinal fans because of Dodgers. But I was like Magic. And it was it was really cool to see them, how Jerry Buss, of course, you know. Uh, what about Jerry West? Jerry, Jerry West. Yeah, he was saying, yeah, he was pissed off because he won an MVP, but he lost the title. You know, I mean, how, how much more that guy got the logo named after him, man. I mean, he's the I logo. I mean, he was, he was obsessive. If all that is true, that guy was freaking cuckoo. And it, you know, the Jerry West in real life has threatened to sue that, uh, over what, uh, you know, saying that was not, it was not true, you know, and I think magic came out and said it, he didn't, a lot of it were true, but, you know, I don't know, man. I, I think he got magic down, man. I mean, at the start, I mean, magic had a had a very active outside. Yes, I mean, very even active. Even outside. banging his girlfriend's best friend when she didn't show I, up, and and like, dude. I mean, okay, okay. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's like, but you didn't show up. Well, that's no excuse. Yeah, guess what? I, I can't control myself. If you didn't show I mean, up. I can't control myself. I'm not responsible for what happened. Whatever. But I, I thought it was great. Winning that was time. Great. That was the name of winning season, time. Season two coming out and uh, looks pretty good. And they're going to talk probably more about the bird rivalry, which was, which is pretty cool. Oh yeah, Larry, the guy that played Larry Bird was hilarious. Yeah, the guy. Oh, that guy was hilarious. Well, I thought it was pretty cool there at the end where his buddies were kind of doing the racial thing, and Larry Bird was like, "Well, he's there, ain't he?" I mean, racial. <laughs> uh, Larry Bird stuck up for him, you know. And it's like that was you talk about a rivalry, you know. Oh yeah, that was look back when I started really getting into into basketball, NBA basketball. You didn't see the playoffs. Uh, it was on time delay, tape delay. You know, 
unless you had cable. We didn't have cable. But I was not a Lakers fan. I was a 76ers fan because of Dr. J. And, you know, the year they swept the Lakers, I think it was 83 in, in the uh, championship, they swept them because they got Moses Malone and freaking Moses Malone dominated uh, Kareem. But, yeah, I was – and then over the years, you know, once – once Jordan got in, I became a Bulls fan. I didn't mind the Lakers so much, but and I actually pulled for. I think I pulled for them against the Celtics, but uh, and I'll probably get chastised by a few people up here for that. But uh, anyway, um, but yeah, great, great show. Uh, really Riley highly recommended. Great really good job. Show. Yeah. yeah, Riley John C. Riley does a great job as Jerry Buss. He, I mean, he. I don't think he makes. I don't think he does a bad job on anything that I've seen so far. But yeah. That was pretty. It's pretty awesome. I, he's, that was, a, I think he's a Bulls. As he's a Bulls fan, I know he's a White Sox fan, or I don't know. He's a White Sox fan. I saw a profile. Him. He's from Chicago, but he's a right. Sox fan. So yeah, I was uh, really impressed with it. That was something I look forward to every week when that was when that came out. But yeah, yeah, yeah definitely lot, check a, out Winning Time if you got it. If, if I you had a lot of downtime, so I, I I watched all that. It was it was great. What man. you're supposed to be doing your homework. For for this podcast, well, I had two weeks off because I don't I pay you all that money injury. for nothing. Yeah, you got that first part right. You don't pay me. Yeah, that's the first part. <laughs> I told you, you know, we've actually we actually talked about it. it was funny. We had a conversation today because we're gonna do we're gonna be on double duty this week, uh, Saturday night. We're gonna be we're gonna down be joined under. from down under, and I'm not talking about the sheets. I'm talking about down under in Australia. One of our good friends, we're going to be doing another wrestling episode of Top Ten Tag Teams of All Time with uh, none other than the legendary Jack Pinocchio. And I don't have the music here. We'll have to improvise. But uh, so yeah. he, from Australia, so I know one team that's going to be on his list. It's going to be on mine too. But we won't. That's a little Australia. Ah. You don't know that one, brother? Man. Australia. I can't think of an Australian tag team. Were they Australian? You got me, you got me curious now. Were they well, Australian? I thought they were Australian. I don't know. It depends on what territory they were in, I guess. <laughs> they could have been doing you talking about the amazing French Canadians, aren't you? <laughs> the Pan Am connection, or what was that? Pan Am connection. Pan Am. Yeah. So Canada. let me ask you, let me ask you a question about this. You see, you sprang this on me. Yeah. Okay. Tag teams. So, like, it's not going to be like a one-off, right? Like, no, the rock and sock no, connection. It's no, going to be established no, tag no. teams. It's, it's. It, I mean, it's whoever you want to, really. But all of mine are going to be established tag teams. Okay. You know, the guys that have been together, and you're not just like you throw in Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels for one night. You know, no, that's not going to work. Um, but you said yeah. anything you wanted, though, man. If that if that means a lot yeah, to you, that, man, make it. That's up to you. But I'm, I'm dude. Gonna, that that would be a great tag team because they're both Texans. They did man. tag up. I mean, oh, I they know. did. They won the titles too. They won like the. They won a They didn't. They win a like a. What they beat Bulldog and Owen, I think. But they, yeah. they, and then like Diesel and Shawn Michaels, the dudes with attitudes. That's you know, no. I'm not going. Hey, have you heard his? Uh, have you heard Kevin Nash's new podcast? Yeah, really good. I, if you guys, like I said, we we do a lot of podcast recommendations. Uh, was it clicking it? Yeah. Uh, Kevin Nash's new podcast. I, if you listen to the first one, man, uh, that was pretty pretty powerful stuff when he was talking about Scott Hall's death and uh, 
you know, the fact that they he was when they took they were getting ready to take the pull the plug on him and all the click members were on the phone on speakerphone with him because yeah. Kevin Nash couldn't get it. And you know, Kevin Nash couldn't get a, a plane out in time to go see him. But he wanted to be there, but he couldn't get a plane ticket to go because all the flights were getting canceled, I guess, or whatever. But yeah, pretty powerful stuff. But that's a good one. I'll tell you what I've really been listening to here lately too. Mick Foley does a great job with his podcast. Uh, Foley is pod. And I know we're talking about a lot of wrestling here. We're going to get we're going to ramble on for a little while before we get to the main event. But, uh, yeah, that no – pun, no, no pun intended. No pun intended. But, uh, yeah, that that was – Foley's done a really good job with his. That's been one of the – you know, right there with Shout Out Loudcast, what I look forward to every week. Uh, yeah, but, speaking kind of at wrestling, I know we kind of talked about this. Uh, there was an Eric uh, episode, uh, Jericho. I listen to his all the time. Yeah, he was talking about how he had these blood clots, like he was in like I oh think, yeah on tour with Fozzie, dude. Almost, I mean, and and you see what he does in the ring, like what he did last night. I mean, I didn't see it, but I mean, just what he went through back in say December, where he couldn't fly, yeah, with those blood clots. I mean, if it's a couple of weeks ago, I don't know what the day it was, but if you get a chance, to listen to that. I mean, it, it kind of people oh, wrestling's fake, but man, those guys are still athletes. They still go through crap. Still like that. have stuff you go through. I mean, if. if they wouldn't uh yeah if, if that was it, the case it, it was, was so a good, everybody would be doing it it was a good show too because it was just him he didn't have any guests and he was just telling you the story right dude almost died man i mean i mean anytime you get wow. something like that, that that's you're in a oh, big yeah. big risk especially um, in a foreign country and stuff Oof. right and i i will have to say i can't blame all the absence on warden because I was actually kind of relieved when he said last week, oh, well, we'll just do it this because I'm telling you at work, man, it's been killer. We've had people out and yeah. uh, shorthanded. So it's, it's been, it's been just crazy. And vacation starts next week. Hopefully knock on wood. You going Starting anywhere? Sunday, but you uh, going any, you, are you going to be leaving the North Carolina there and going we'll somewhere see. else? We'll see. It's kind of, kind of in the planning stage. We'll see. I don't know for sure yet. Um, the main event tonight, I mean, we're not, we're going to talk a little bit more ramble on about some other crap before we get to the main event. The main event tonight is top 10 Motley Crue songs. And we've already done our Motley Crue bracket before. And I'm not, if you haven't, didn't listen to that episode, then you need to go back and listen to it. But tonight we'll be comparing our top 10 list. Like we always do. Uh, Motley Crue on tour right now, of course, a big stadium tour. Um, my nephew actually got to go see it. He's a diehard Motley Crue fan. And uh, he was really close. I wish I had the videos that I could share with you. Uh, I've got a comment coming in from... <laughs> My daughter just said, leaving North Carolina. So I said, well, we don't, we don't know yet. We don't know if we'll do it. <laughs> and Robert Matthews, I have to throw out uh, a shout out to him. He's always here. He, he's, he comes in every time we're live. He's he's a Texas A&M fan, though, so he always gives you a hard time about that. But Robert, we have to throw this out to Robert. Tomorrow night, this is how good of a husband Robert is. Now, Robert, you know, I'm not going to hold it against him. He's a Rush fan. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I Man, caught I, the devil. I, I, Look, I, see, I'm not I, saying anything about A&M, but you go there with Rush. I caught the devil from him and his son last time when we talked about Rush, when we said some comments about Rush. Anyway, this is how good of a husband he is. He uh, bought tickets 
to uh, it's in it's going to be in Raleigh tomorrow, tomorrow night. Here's the lineup in Vogue: Salt and Pepper, Rick Astley, and the headliner, the New Kids on the Block. So yeah, oh, oh, oh. go Robert, go Robert. Why aren't you taking your wife, Stevie? She don't uh, want to go. You don't ask her. I mean, I think you. I think it. you, you can love that. Yeah, and tickets are sold out already. Right. <laughs> oh, there's always a way, Stevie. If you want to go, oh, bad no, enough. no, 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 no. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, you know, there was. Granted, I was like every teenage kid when new kids come along. I was like teenage boy. What the heck? But you know what? I didn't mind the ballads. I'm a sucker for a ballad, like I said. I didn't mind some of the ballads. They were pretty cool. But yeah, they were. Uh, I mean, I never, I never hated them. I mean, they were. They had some good songs. Like that was that song tonight. La 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 la. It was like one of their last Go songs. On, boy, can you do the? You want to do? You want to do the choreography too? Yeah. Step by step. <laughs> and what's his name turned out okay on Blue Bloods? Wobble. Donnie. Yes, it's hard. Yeah. Every time I look at that, I'm like. And he was a bad kid. Remember that? He's the one always got in trouble and stuff because yeah, he wanted to get his cred set fire, going. Set fire to his hotel room and all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, we have to throw a shout out to Robert because he's one of our he's one of our biggest fans. He's a big fan of the podcast. And, he and Robert, hook him horns. But, you know, hey, it's all good. <laughs> he nothing, wrong with, nothing wrong with liking Rush. A&M? Man, I was kidding. It's all good, brother. Rush is okay. I'm all right with Rush. I'm not a fan of Rush, but it's okay. It's all right. I'm not a fan of a lot of things that people are. That's what you probably don't it. like. You probably don't like A&M because you don't like tech. You seem not like anything Texas. So you don't seem to be a real big th- fan about yeah, Texas. I mean, though. I don't, I don't have any reason. You rag on the Cowboys. You rag on the Longhorns. I mean, I'm not well, over there ragging on. Ra- just think if you were a Ravens fan. I mean, I don't pull. F- well, I do pull for stuff in Baltimore. I pull for the Orioles, unfortunately. But the Orioles are on a hot streak right now, bud. They're, they're looking pretty good. I can't. I, I got to give credit with credit. Well, they win one in a row or what? No, they actually won like 10 in a row. Oh, I know. They, well, I can't say nothing because they pretty much beat two out of three of my Cardinals. They're, uh, Card- the Cardinals have been like one game and they'll lose two. So it's like, oh, yeah, that's progress. They're close to playing 500. I feel like uh, Lou Brown's the coach and they're uh, playing for Lou. So but they're, still like, they're, still like 25, they're still like 25 behind like the Yankees, right? Or oh, like good gosh. Everybody's like 25 behind the Yankees. Astros are beating up on them. Well, they're still like signs anyway. I, I'm I'm a Cardinal fan. I don't really care for the Astros. I just I don't care for them. <laughs> but anyway, before we get into the Motley Crue stuff, uh, Warden before he set out for two weeks, you know, on the DL, <laughs> actually got to go to a concert. Went to see uh, Rod Stewart and Cheap Trick. All right, yes. Fill us in. Let's get a recap. How was? I mean, did you tell Rod Stewart that? You know, one of our biggest episodes was your our top ten list with you. I mean, yeah. And then I play, lectured I, him. I lectured him for not doing my top song on there. <laughs> you didn't hold up the sign. It was in. It was the second day of August, uh, July. It was in Texas, and it was outside. So that's how hot it was. Uh, Cheap Trick came out. I've seen Cheap Trick. I think saw him one other time. They opened up for Motley Crue back on the. I think it's wow. a Generation Swine album when Vince came when Vince came back. That's a that's a. They were good. They they were really good. Um, they they did more of a, they did more of a set list that they did the flame, which I hear they don't like to do, which I love. 
they did the seventies show, but man, and they had the hanging out. I think the second the singer's son is playing with them now. He did a song. They did a but Cheap Band Trick's always good. Band. Yeah. And they just kick butt. I mean, like I said, it was an older crowd, but they played their hits. Rod Stewart, I've this is my fifth time seeing him. This is one of the best times I saw him. I saw him in Vegas about three or four, I mean, maybe about five, six years ago. And it was kind of like there was really no energy to it. So I guess having COVID and being off for the last couple of years gave him energy. But Rod Stewart does something that I wish maybe Kiss should do. Maybe Motley Crue. Well, I think Motley Crue kind of does it, having a female backup singers. Oh, yeah, they got two of them. But what Rod Stewart does, and of course he's 77, is that he has these great singers. They're Beautiful girls, great band, <laughs> but he has them do their own song. They did Call Me by Blondie, oh, and then wow. later on, and he's not on stage, so he takes a break. And then they did uh, Hot Stuff by Donna Summer. And he opened up with uh, Addicted to Love, which is cool because the girls came out dressed like Robert Palmer in the vi- in that Palmer in the video. Yeah. And I posted some on my Facebook page, but he did a lot of stuff. He did a, a kind of acoustic set. He did, a, like I said, I've seen him like, five times the last 30 years. He did a song he had done a while killing a Georgie. Which, oh, really? Yeah, he did that one, part one and part two. And oh, I was that like, oh, that's, that's cool to hear. But of course, he's got so many songs. He didn't do Hot Lit. I mean, he didn't do what he didn't do. He didn't do Downtown Train. He didn't do some of them, but, you know, he did Stay With Me. He did uh, Hot Legs. I mean, he did a lot of good songs. and But he's got so many. It's like, oh, he didn't do this, this, and this. But he uh, actually did a he did a, a highlight of the night for me was when he uh, did a song called rhythm of my heart, which is yeah. off. Uh, it was in my top 10, but he dedicated to Ukraine and the, you know, the people over there fighting. And so I thought that was a really cool cause it takes balls to do that. Cause you got so many sides, especially, Oh yeah. They, you they, know, divided as we are, but it, it's good to see that he was still, you know, what was important. Those people were fighting further. I mean, I, I, I don't get political on here, but I'm, I'm with him on there. Because I wouldn't want nobody invading my country. So, especially, no, there, you know. I mean, whether you're, whatever side you take, yeah, like you said, it could very easily happen over here. And, uh, yeah. you know, you don't want anybody invading your country. Especially if you're a recognized nation. I mean, I won't get, like yeah. I said, I don't get political, but I mean, it, and you can have your, you can have your beliefs or whatever, but. That's right. I, I thought it was really cool. I mean, he wasn't telling you who to vote for. He wasn't telling you the president sucks. He didn't tell you this. I mean, he well, was just on a, you know, he was just doing his thing. When he yeah, voted. that's not something you want to, t- to hear about when you go to a concert. You want to enjoy yourself and get away from all that. Crap. Oh, yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking of <laughs> speaking of saying the president sucks, my wife and my daughter actually went to a concert uh, uh, week before last. Dix, Dixie Chicks or Chicks, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. The Chicks. The Chicks. And I'll tell you this. Uh, my daughter is a diehard Chicks fan. And to see, to hear the reaction when they came out. And I'll tell you this. I watched the the video, the intro that they do. And that was a pretty, pretty cool way to come out on stage. You know, they had a bunch of stuff up there on stage. A bunch of the uh, women of music little clips here and there like Joan Jett and stuff like that. And then they came on the stage and they put on a, it looks like they put on a real good show and she had a great time, but I'm trying to convince her. And I know she's listening right now, trying to convince her because there isn't one out there. She should do her 
she should do a Dixie Chick or Chick podcast, and I would help her with it. But uh, there's not one out there, so she knows a I'll lot. I'll do of a top ten list. I like the Dixie Chicks. I like yeah, them. I like them. I do. I, we were we were watching a little bit of the videos of them uh, a few minutes ago before we came on there. So I'm not a I'm not a hater, but <laughs> I personally think the I, I personally think maybe they shouldn't have said that. But the reaction they got was way overblown. Threaten their kids. Come on. Yeah, if if you've ever watched, and me and my daughter, I didn't make it all the way through because it was kind don't, of late don't listen, watching. Don't don't listen to them, but don't threaten their kids. You yeah, know? exactly. Uh if you ever want to see something about and get the full effect of what they went through, and I'm not painting them as victims yeah. here, but you know, uh watch the documentary they did called Shut Up and Dance. Uh yeah, they went through some crap. You know, you just like you talked about death threats, and that's carrying it too far. Mm-hmm. I mean, there and, and there, like us, like we said before, we're not going to get political on here. But there's there's far left and there's far right, and you know, well, you see it too you because it too far. you have those people too that on both sides that out on that stuff. I mean, you have people that are left, you have people that are right, act out on that stuff. All it takes is a word from one key person and that stuff happens and it's yep. nobody deserves that. Whether she should have said it or not, that's you know, I, I don't think so either. But well, I, all I can say is carry it to that point where there's a lot of bands and a lot of politicians that have said worse and they oh, didn't yeah. get half the crap Definitely. that they did. Definitely. It's misogynistic, but, it's a woman thing, I think. Yeah, but you know, they've made a comeback and uh seem to be doing pretty well. So I had to throw that in there. Um, what did another, you know, Stevie? You didn't, you don't like new kids on the block and you don't like women concerts, man. Come on, dude. What? I would have went. I wasn't oh, you weren't invited. Yeah. Oh, was just, no, no, Ow. no, I'm sorry, no. brother. Oh, this, this was my wife and her sister were a, were big time Dixie chick fans from the time they came out. Yeah. So when they started talking about going to concert, it was only <laughs> natural that my wife and her sister and my daughter went. So that, just, that was a girl's I'm thing. Just ra- so. I'm rising you, brother. I know. I know what you mean. But I would have went. I would have went. I would have enjoyed myself. Um, so, so another, some other news that came out in the last couple of weeks. Pantera. Re, it, are they calling it a reunion or a tribute tour? I, mean, I don't know. They're going to get crucified no matter what they do. You got people here's want it. Here's, you got here's people the that thing. don't want it. Everybody, if you don't know who Pantera is, it, Pantera where have you been? Is, if yeah. you don't know who Pantera is, group, rock group why are you listening the, to this podcast? Nineties, like nineties, uh, and they lost two members, two brothers, Dimeback Daryl, who was killed in that tragic shooting on stage, and then Vinnie Powell, who passed away about what four or five years ago, maybe, maybe yeah. longer than that. So that he was Dimebag was the guitar player and uh Vinnie Powell was the, the drummer. And they were pretty much I think Vinnie Powell was pretty much the leader of Pantera. But uh now, yeah, I think mm. he was. I think he well, he was definitely the most outspoken of them. You it wasn't Anselmo. You say Vinny or Dimebag? Vinny. Mm, I think well, Vinny. He may have been the leader, but the, I think they were more yeah, known I'm, for Dimebag. Not, Dimebag. Dimebag was their most famous member. Yeah, oh, definitely that. But, you know, because Dimebag had the connection to Kiss, and he was so so much of a big Kiss fan. And then Eddie Van Halen, 
Uh, but you know, I wasn't a big Pantera fan. I'm not, I mean, oh, I, I like some of their songs, I like some of the songs, but you know, I wasn't one of those diehard Pantera fans, so I don't I know was, a lot about I was, it. man. I but, was, you know, what is the guy's name? Rex, what Rex Brown, yep, and Philip Anselmo, which Anselmo got kicked out, right? Before, well, no, they broke up because yeah, uh, they broke they up, started da- they started Damage Plan, that's when they got killed. The brothers were still playing a new band called Damage Plan. Okay. They weren't in Pantera. Yes. Yeah, so and Phil, uh, there was some bad blood between them. I yeah, guess Phil said some stuff, and wow. you know, so it's like you have people that are going to take the sides. It's kind of like the Ace and Peter, Gene Paul stuff. Well, that shouldn't be happening. Kiss should have quit twenty years ago. And you're going to have people that I like to go see it. I love Zach Wild, and I, you know, and it's like yes, and the guy from Anthrax. That's it's not thing. it's not the same it's not pantera if they're calling it pantera it should be like a tribute to pantera maybe yeah exactly but i'm a huge zach wild fan i've been a zach wild fan since he, he debuted with ozzy uh and then through black label society and you know i'm writing glory yeah and I'm, a, I'm just a big zach wild fan so when i saw that i was like that's a perfect fit and then you got charlie Benante, who from the longtime drummer from anthrax and also classic 78. He's the drummer for classic 78 now. Oh, is he? Yeah. Anthrax? Yes. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. Well, you interviewed yep. him, right? So I didn't interview him. I just interviewed uh one guy from Classic 78. But yeah, I didn't know that. Talk- Charlie, yeah. Charlie was is the drummer now. Um, but yeah. You're gonna have people that want it, you're gonna have people that don't want it. Here's you're never you're, you're never gonna get to hear those songs again, really. Probably unless you go see Phil or if Rex is playing. Yeah. So just do a celebration of life, you know. I mean, that's here's what I think. the thing, you know, to you diehard Pantera fans, if you don't like it, don't, don't go. go. Don't go. That's as simple as that. You don't have to if you don't want to watch it, change the channel, turn it off, whatever. You know, that's the simple thing. Just like Kiss. We were talking about with Kiss. All you know, over the years it's been the whole Tommy and and Eric thing and makeup, which, you know, do I agree with putting them in the makeup? No, but you know, I didn't stop watching them. I didn't stop listening to them, but that's what happens when you sell your makeup. It doesn't mean that much exactly. to you. So they get to do what they want to. With exactly. It. Oh but, no, wait, he's still lending it, listening it to the band. That's right. Sorry. Yeah. So don't watch it. If you don't like it, yeah. don't watch it. Don't make this big stink about it and protest. I, oh, I'm going to protest. I saw Pantera probably seven or eight times in the 90s because they'd always play San Antonio. I love them. Yeah. I, they're one of my favorite bands. I mean, they're in my, well, not top 10, I guess, obviously, but I mean, they haven't been around, but if they come, I'll go. And right. I'm not, you know, I mean, what do people want? Holograms of holograms of the two guys that are gone? Then they, and I, I about, think, then they would talk about how corny that was. I kind of think maybe I kind of see where the pushback is from because I mean, I don't, we don't know what Dimebag thinks because he's been gone for so long, but Vinnie Paul definitely didn't want anything oh, no. to do with. I don't know if he was still talking to Rex, but he definitely wasn't talking to Phil. No, they had, they, they were, well, I don't know. And you know, it's, it's so. Life is so short, though. Exactly. Man. That's the thing. That's what I was trying to say. It's life is so short that you can't sit here and hold a grudge like that for so long. And you look at look at where it's at. I mean, look at what happened. It's both Dimebag and and Vinny are gone. Yeah. Who knows if they got 
I know Dimebag probably didn't get things straight with Phil. Uh, who knows about Benny? I don't think he did. But anyway, don't watch it. it don't go see it if you don't like it. But I, I think it's a good thing. I think uh, they'll they'll have a good show with those two guys filling in. And they're you know, not trying to they're not trying to say that they're Pantera. You know, they made that clear. Look, we know we're not trying to go on tour and say Pantera reunion or whatever. They're saying we we've got what we feel like are the best two to do a tribute yeah, yeah. To, to Pantera. And so, honestly, Dimebag and Vinny could come back from the dead and people would bitch about that. Wait a minute. You're a little wait, gray here. Hold no on a second. How you're not into that, that witchcraft, are you? We yeah. Like zombies yeah, yeah, yeah. Something's wrong with yeah, there would be There would be something. I mean, people... Social media is great, but social media also sucks because everybody has a freaking opinion. You got to hear it. Keyboard warriors, buddy. Yep. Keyboard warriors. Um... One more thing before we go to the main event, I have to take, and I, we do this a lot, but I don't, I know you you got to listen to it, but uh, man, what a great episode of Shout Out Loudcast last week with quarantine on there. The only the only thing about it, I hate Jericho had the mic issues uh, or the internet issues, I'll put it that way. But man, Tom and Zeus have. Every week, it seems like they set the bar a little higher. They get better every week. And, uh, yeah, great. If you haven't listened to Quarantine, go out and check out. It was funny, though, listening to all these guys talking, all the members of the band talking. And then you hear that the drummer come on with that southern accent. I was like, hell yeah, he's from the south. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Plays with Luke Bryan, right? Yeah, he's a drummer for Luke Bryan because he said that is the bread and butter. That's what pays the bills. Oh, I bet it does. And he's on call with Luke. He said I'm on call with him. So, uh, yeah, that's um, that's that's a band that I'd like to see tour. I know they're probably not going to be able to because the drive everybody everybody's so busy. But God, you talk about a being able to see a tour that would be a great tour. Yep. Um, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Maynard. What talk, remind me, Robert? Robert saying, "Don't forget to ask Warden about Maynard." I wonder who Maynard. I'm trying to figure out who Maynard is. He, we did talk about something, Robert. You want to refresh my memory? I'm old. Maynard. Uh, I don't know if he's. And Mallory said, "Nothing beats a Dixie Chicks concert." So, I've seen them. They're great. Tool. He's talking about Tool. I think the he guy that that Tool. The guy that has his back to the audience. I saw them when they did that. I thought it was boring. <laughs> yeah, I saw Tool when he did that, when he was like singing to back to the crowd. I'm like, really? Dude? Maynard James Keenan. You know who that is? I know. Is this some kind of Texas football trivia that I'm going to miss out on or something? I don't know. I'm going to hit it because it may be one of these. Uh... Hold on. Yeah, he's the singer for Tool. Yeah, he. I mean, they were they were good, but I didn't get the whole back to the audience thing. I was like, really? He tried to be Jim Morrison when Jim Morrison started. Jim Morrison do that? Yeah, when he first started, he wouldn't he wouldn't face the audience. You ever seen the Doors movie? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I re I remember that part from it. When you said that, it just triggered that useless that part of my brain where I keep that useless information at. It just triggered it. So, let's get to the main event. 
we're not going to shout at the devil. We're going to go home sweet home and all this stuff. We're, we're going to see how close these top ten lists are. Um, I, don't think got, gonna, I don't think they're going to be close. I've got some honorable mentions that I, up here, and I, I, we'll talk about that when we get through. So Motley Crue, we'll talk about how we got into Motley Crue. And I can tell you right from the start, uh, a cousin of mine, and it, this guy, he had this big vinyl collection, and I hadn't seen been you know seen him in a while, but <clears throat> we went over to his house, and all of a sudden he shows this album up, and I'm like, what the heck is that? It's kind of scary with the pentagram and all that stuff, but he puts this album on, and uh, you hear this god awful like oh it sounds like um you're it sounds like you're taking a trip to hell and uh you hear this narrator talking about in the beginning and then that after that's over with you hear that riff hit and i was like holy crap what is this and i was hooked a shout at the devil you know hearing that the first time it was what got me into it it was what really got me into being a a metal fan again because i kind of you know i was still a kiss fan but as far as metal went i was not like you know listened to a lot of that stuff but when i heard that <clears throat> i was like okay this is something i need to check out circus magazines were were bought hip parader magazines were bought a lot of trips to to the uh to the record store some some dealings with columbia house yeah, it was it was pretty cool, and you know, back then you could you could borrow cassettes from from people, and uh, I borrowed a lot of cassettes from people. But you know, that's pretty much Motley Crue is pretty much what got me back into heavy metal, uh, which when I heard "Shout of the Devil" the first time. But let's hear what what was your intro to Motley? I first saw Motley. I didn't hear a lick of their music. But when I saw their look, I automatically looked like these guys are trying to be Kiss with the <laughs> war paint and everything. And I remember being at summer camp, Christian summer camp. And this kid had, I think it was Shout the Devil, I don't know, but he had the Walkman on. So he let me, I go, let me hear, let me check it out. Now, and I think I was already kind of into Kiss then. I think I was more into like the pop music, like Madonna and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, I was in Prince. Yeah, Prince. And... I listened to it. I was like, that's not too bad. And then, of course, there was a girl involved telling me, oh, I like that Motley Crue song. That's kind of how I got into Kiss, too. Of course, you liked it then, didn't you? And I was like, what song? And she goes, Home Sweet Home. And I'm like, okay. So I went there, got the Columbia House thing, Theater of Pain, looking at these chicks going, man, that's Ric Flair singing with that hair. Because <laughs> Vince was really glammed out then. And I, bought, summer, I bought theater of pain and I, I liked it. I mean, I know everybody says it, it's, that was my first Motley album. So I didn't get on the first two. I got on, I got theater of yeah. pain. So theater of pain is probably my second favorite Motley album. And I just, I dug it. I dug, you know, keep your eye on the money, you know, I mean, I, I liked it. And I remember they had a the video out called uncensored at the time. Yeah. And it showed Vince Neil, of course, with all the girls in the hot tub and stuff. Right in the back. And you had Nikki Six on there, high as hell. I think I like this song. He started naming all these, man, that's this song. 
Oh, let's keep your eye on the money. He was like naming all these songs that were his favorite. I mean, and, it, and they were sitting there and uh, Vince Neil, they were talking about some kind of story. He goes, you know, just because we're wearing high heels and lipstick don't mean we can't kick your ass. Your ass. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, man, these guys are cool. Of course, it's been in blockbuster days and stuff. And that pretty much uh, Theater of Pain made me a Motley fan. Yeah, I, I have to admit, you know, I was in it on Shout the Devil, but I was eagerly awaiting Theater of Pain. And when it came out, I remember going to the, the record store buying a cassette, and it actually had the long cardboard. Uh, they used to, some of them used to do that. Instead of having, you remember they had the aggravating plastic thing, so you couldn't take it out of the store. It was a little long box. Yeah, long box. yeah. That one, it was, it had pictures of the band up there. So, yeah. And smell, and this was one of the first ones I remember that was actually, you know, all of the other ones were white. The cassettes were white. This one was actually one of the first ones I saw that was clear. And it had a, like a smell to it. I was like, holy crap. Electra, Electra always did that with yeah. that metallic. Didn't Metallica want that Electra? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think that's right. I may be wrong with that, but I think that's right. But so Motley. Vince Neil, Tommy Lee, Mick Morris, Nikki Six. Um, they go on to have just killer albums. And there's one underrated album that didn't involve Neil, Vince Neil, but uh, you know, people didn't give that one a chance. And I'll say it to this day. I'll say it to this day. And if people I'll call you a liar if if you tell me I'm wrong. If that had another band's name on it besides Motley Crue. People would have loved that album. No, not the time. It wasn't the time. I'm just saying, no, people were the, the reason that album didn't do well is because they were like, this isn't Motley Crue. No, this is they're not singing stuff like Motley Crue sings about. They're, they're that what, music, that music, that music in '94 was just dead, dude. Well, that, that was a killer album to me. That's oh, it was my, a killer album. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I kind of see what you're saying, but. Job. I mean, I'm kind of seeing what you're saying, but man, they waited maybe two years, yeah, 96, maybe. 97. It may have been a different but story. But they didn't get, and, and you know, poor guy, they blamed him for the whole downfall of Motley Crue. Well, that's Nikki Six. You know, that's that's bullshit. Um, oh, I agree. It's bull. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that every, every, Nikki Six, Nikki Six will never admit that that's their best album they've ever done, and they'll never top it. Every band was going through that at the time with the change from, you know, uh, 80s metal to to grunge you know every band that was popular then was going through that crap but look these, at look at metallica they didn't come out back to like what 96 with load yeah i mean they, they were there i mean there weren't too many rock bands maybe aerosmith with get a grip maybe 93 aerosmith held on yeah yeah but <clears throat> kiss didn't i mean it's like i don't think anybody would have kiss is big thing the only thing that kept kiss right during the nights was reunion tour when that no, came that's, along, that's, it, I'm talking like '94 when this came out. Well, no, I, I mean that was the height what of what Kiss really do. Revenge and what '91, and then after that, Kiss Dude. didn't do anything but the tribute album until Unplugged. Yeah, until Unplugged. That's what I'm saying. And right before the reunion tour. That's what I'm saying though. If Motley would have maybe <laughs> waited a couple years for the grunge to die down, this may have been a bigger album. Could've but been. I don't think anybody releasing that in '94 at that time would have done. But I mean, they yeah. didn't have. Oh no! And I mean, a, lot of it, a lot of there's a lot of great albums from those. those I think also your bands. I'm not I think you're not taking into consideration to this is the female factor. 
Cause when I girls, I would, you know, back then when Vince was gone, they were done. And that was yeah. a lot. It was a weird noise. <laughs> what are you doing to me, Stevie? I mean, that was a lot of, uh, right there as a women, the girls went away. Yeah. And I don't well, think they got them. They back. I wanted to I talk about them back a lot of stuff. They all wanted to be depressed then and, and listen to, Oh, I'm going to kill myself and all this stuff. So, uh, yeah. And don't get me wrong. That was some good grunge albums, but majority of that, that was not my thing. I could, I could listen to some of it, but that was not my thing. It was just too, too down. I like it now, but I didn't like it then. I mean, a lot, yeah. a lot of it I can listen to now, but back then, like Nirvana was so overplayed and just, I mean, Nirvana was good, but I tell people that are younger than me, the Foo Fighters are better than Nirvana. They look at me like I just best made a blasphemy. Best thing Nirvana did was unplug New York to me. That I enjoyed the heck out of that show. I could I could listen to it over and over again. I, he he was he was great on that, where you I could like, actually understand what he was saying. I actually like Nevermind, but I just thought it was way overplayed. Yeah, it had some uh, fatigue to it, a little bit of fatigue. But anyway, let's get right into this, Warden. I'm gonna let you lead off. Okay, number ten. Number ten's a deep track. Uh oh, it's off. Go. It's off my favorite Motley album. Girls, girls, girls. Nona. No, yeah. <laughs> the song is called Five Years Dead. Five years this dead. is what I picture the Molly Crew lifestyle. This is what I picture Nikki Six, Five Years Dead. I mean, it's just it's about just living it up, drugging, and you just being dead. And it's like this, this I this to me, like I, I hear a lot of the Nikki Six stories, and I think there are a lot of them full of shit. Like, you know you know but this song i think it's a testament to the time he was living and i think this tells a lot i i kind of believe this more that you're just kind of in the daze, and it's just i don't know deep deep track girls 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 probably one of the deepest but i just i mean this song comes on i love it. it's in my playlist i always love this song okay i can go along with that there was another there and i may be a way off on this but there was another song on that album too that kind of didn't get the attention that it should have dancing on glass. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of the toss up between these two because I like them both the same. Yeah, but you didn't have Nona on your list. I'm out of my head or without you. I'm out of my head without you. I, we shouldn't pick on that. That was actually, I think about, was it about Nikki Six's grandma? Yeah. I think it was something like that. So we were shouldn't pick on that song. She's the only one that I think like his parents didn't really give a shit about. No, him. She, was, she raised him. Yeah, yeah. I think his, his grandparents raised him. So uh, my number 10, it's not a deep track. It's uh, don't go away mad. Just go away. Uh, from Dr. Feel Good. It charted at number 19 on Billboard Hot 100. Number 13 on the mainstream charts. The video was so freaking cool. It kind of was a predecessor of things to come because it looks like, you know, Vince is getting kicked out of the band or something. They're separate the whole time. So getting that whole, I remember on Behind the Music when they did the Monte Crew, that was one of the clips they used for when they were talking about the breakup, whether whether Vince said he was fired or the others say he quit. But, but Don't Go Away Mad is like, it's closest thing to pop Motley Crue that you can get. But that whole album, Dr. Feelgood, from top to bottom, 
to me, in my opinion, not a bad song on there. It's one of one of the close to perfect albums to me. But don't go away mad, just go away. It's just like got some great lines in there. Um what was one of the, the chorus? I mean, I, you just think about it. Don't go away mad, just go away. You know, it's pretty much saying, uh, screw you, get out of here. I don't care if you're mad or not. Go. I'm tired of you. So but I uh this song reminds me of you kind of I could kind of see music was changing because you have yeah. two of the people with the two of the biggest hair in the world, and that's Nikki Six and Tommy Lee, and they were cutting their hair. I mean, Tracy Guns did it first, but you could kind of you could kind of see where music was going because that was like people were talking about, hey, why did they cut their hair? I mean, that was I mean, I don't think people you laugh at it now, but that was a big thing back then. It's like her. I mean, because I remember people telling me, hey, is Kiss gonna? How can Eric Singer join Kiss? He he doesn't have black He's hair. He's blonde. Yeah, I mean, it, hair was a big thing, and when you have two of the biggest, two of the guys with the two of the best hair in music, cut their hair, it's like, what are they doing? Because you can kind of tell that. I mean, especially Tommy Lee, he started getting more skateboardish. More, I think well, Nikki Six was just along for the ride. That was, if you really want to see it get bad, when the 94 album came out that's when they really went to uh, yeah but in this video that's when they started they started they started doing it yeah that, that's where they really went to the short hair deal uh yeah because I, I remember watching when hooligans holiday the video for that oh that was the lead single from the 94 album and i was like okay and here comes nikki six and and uh tommy lee walking down the street i was like who the hell are they and i, I don't even know who they're and you know they had a big deal with metallica cut their hair for load what was it? Uh, was it Jerry Cantrell when they they performed? They had a, up there, friends don't let friends get bad haircuts. Yeah, and uh, you know stuff like that. And, uh, Tracy Guns was first. He did it on Ballad uh, of Jane. That was like late in the eighties. Yeah. yeah, he sure did. Sure did. So don't go away mad. Just go away is my number ten. And uh, Doctor Feel Good, like I said, the video was pretty was pretty cool. But you know, it's Vince talking about a, a breakup i guess and then he ends up joining the band out of the blue they're already playing and all of a sudden he comes running in and starts singing along back when vince didn't have trouble yeah that's uh, when they had their their private jet yeah bring vince there but yeah. anyway number number nine what do you got number nine is was that Beatles song number nine number nine this is i think this video is kind of a uh I look into the future of how Motley was headed. Too bad it didn't include Vince. Oh. Primal Scream is my number nine. Primal Scream. I when it was on de what decade of decadence. Yeah. I <laughs> love this song, and I I mean I love the direction it was going in, and I was thinking and I kind of thought about this song a lot when when the '94 album came out. I think Motley could have pulled it off with Vince. If they did more like this, but I mean, were they going heavier? I mean, you wouldn't have the songwriting you had because of Karabi. I think that's why it makes the songs go good. But I mean, you always wonder what how Motley would have sounded if they went more of this primal scream. I think they would have kept a lot of us. I mean, I know they would have kept me. All right. But you know, a lot of people jumped off in the 94 album, but I didn't. But I, I just think this kind of proves that they could have gone. They could have done this with Vince and they could have been. I don't know if they would have been successful, but I think that it would have been good. I think it would have been good if they would have wrote songs like this. Yeah. Yeah. You remember 
what was it? What was the three songs <clears throat> on Decade of Decadence that was it wasn't a writ? There were Angela, Angela, and then they Anarchy did the cover the of uh, Anarchy. I hate that but song. Then, <clears throat> I can't stand that song. Um, but then you remember the Ford Fairlane soundtrack, Rock and Roll Junkie. That yeah, that's one. A, that's that's one of my uh, notable mentions. Yeah, that was a cool song. I did like that song. Um, number nine for me, and this is coming off Shout at the Devil, the first of the post op what is it, apocalyptic world videos, a post nuclear world, post nuclear war. Yeah, I remember that. Kiss Exposed, post <clears throat> what was the deal with all these bands back in the early 80s doing this kind of uh. You know, I guess the new the threat of nuclear war. Well, that that was, God, that, you. Didn't you watch Dan Rather back in the day? God, that would scare the crap out of What's me. What's the frequency, Kenneth? Well, no, it had all these things about the nuclear war and well, they did you had these specials how to survive a nuclear war. Like, I was like ten years old. Yeah, they it had the, the whole, crap out of me, dude. Yeah, they had the whole talk about it every night, and yeah. then they did that. What was the name of that movie they had? Come on, network oh, the, TV. Day after. The day after. Yeah. <clears throat> I was like, well, they're trying to scare the crap out of everybody about it for sure. But uh, yeah, see, might even scared my dog about it. He, she won't shut up. <laughs> it's her but, past uh, life. She was alive back then. Like, <clears throat> she's trying to impersonate Vince right now, but she's um, doing a better job than he is. <laughs> <laughs> Looks at Kill, uh, written by Nikki Six. Ten weeks in the Billboard Hot 100 chart, peaked at number 54, and then number 12 on the Main Street Rock tracks. I mean, this was. Like I said, Shout the Devil started it all for me. Uh, the song Shout the Devil started, but when I hear, get in there and hear you hear that Mick Mars starting that freaking looks at kill. I, I mean, and <clears throat> so much, so much of these songs that I picked, you'll hear me talk about Mick Mars. He is the most underrated unsung hero of Motley Crue. Oh, yeah, Theater Payne. There's a lot of those songs up there that and he kicks ass in. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and you're gonna hear me talk about it a lot. Looks a kill. The the video, you just look at it now and it's kind of silly. Uh they throw the pentagram at the girl. <laughs> she no, she she disappears. They they catch the the warrior queen and then uh she disappears and just leaves a flaming pentagram there on the ground. Oh, what's the one where the pentagram they're like they're like raising their hands and then like yes, yes. I mean that that is typical. That. I, I tell you, man, that stuff riled my my school and churches up. Oh yeah, and I think no, a lot no. that I liked Motley because it was forbidden to like. Well, I mean, and and Kiss was one thing, but they were older. Motley was my age, and these guys weren't much older than me, and they were like, I mean, maybe what five, ten years? Well, I guess yeah. ten years. But it's like, yeah, Motley was yeah that that was when the pentagrams and stuff, and they and just some of the rock documents and us, we got to do a thing one time on those rock docs and how, how, you know, I grew up and it kind of made me a metal fan, but I would read oh, stuff yeah. about Motley and I was like, and it was like, God, these guys are They're kick ass. I mean, yeah, just the pentagram. I mean, just, the, <clears throat> just, just a little bit of Satanism. It wasn't Satanism, by the way, it was just, no. you know, it was selling an album, but it just, <laughs> I mean, but it had the, it had the parents up in arms, man. It was great. I love it. Yeah, and then you had the, and I'll go ahead and talk about this because this didn't make my top ten. But uh, "Too Young to Fall in Love" was another one where they went to save the girl. Well, she was a geisha, and uh, 
the funny part, I think it was near the end or at the end, Tommy Lee walks through the, I guess, the Chinese kitchen and the guy's eating. eating. Yeah. He takes his food away from, beats him up, takes food away, and then spits it out. And then, I was, yeah, that was pretty funny. But they had a sense of humor with it. But, yeah, you know, Kiss and Motley Crue with the post-nuclear war setting. Scorpions. Yeah. Scorpions did it, too, yeah. It was a little, you know. Anyway, look to kill my number nine. That's an honorable mention for mine. I love that song. I love I, I think I, I I think it's hard to kind of being a, a fan of our age, Motley never really had a, a a greatest hits LP until Decade of Decadence. Yeah. And you talk about a great you talk about a great um collection. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, mean, yeah, I thought yeah, it was no, great. Man. I loved the I, I didn't care for the theater. I didn't care for Home Sweet Home remake. No, I don't think no, you should no. turn but it should it has it has yeah. some and I didn't care for the sex sex bill. I don't I'm not a Sex Pistols. Person. I didn't care for Angela either. Yeah, Angela, I, out of I, that was a lot better than Sex Pistols, in my opinion. But I would crank that up. I played, I wore that out, man. I actually found the CD not too long ago because it's out of print. Yeah, and I, and I actually burned it for somebody that wanted it so bad because it was like 350 bucks mm-hmm. for it on Amazon. And I'm like, and I have it on my computer, but the mixes they have on there, especially like on a couple of them, um, a, a, a song from mine, it was just it's better than the original. Yeah, and uh, well, they should have so. Yeah, oh yeah, I agree. My number, my number eight. We talked about it already. (laughs) Still think it's a great song. Should have been huge. Hooligans Holiday. When I heard this song, yes. When I heard this song, and I was like, oh my god! And then that thing in that, I mean, that was like, dude, that's close to Metallica. That's you know, this is, and I didn't, and I didn't think this album. Was that much of a difference than what Molly Crew was? Especially if you look at Primal Scream and stuff. This was the next step, but I don't think the songs would have been as good because, like I said, Karabi writes more than Vince did. But I just I love that song, and I know they were trying to do the Skinny Puppy mix and the different mixes on stuff because they were trying yeah. to be all alternative and stuff like that. But I'm stop trying. I love, to be I love this not. song. Yeah, I was. Like, I think it was a great single. And it's a crime this album wasn't bigger. I mean, it, this song, and I mean, but people that, and the girls didn't want to listen to it because it wasn't Vince. And I mean, the, I don't know. I, I saw the crew for the first time on this tour. They went from playing arenas like where the Spurs played to playing like, like, like amphitheaters. I mean, to like, it like wasn't a, yeah, no, it wasn't. But I tell you what, it was a badass show though. Well, I'll tell you this about that's not on my list, but that's one of my honorable mentions. The intro, and then when they do the breakdown after the intro with the drums and with Sarabi. Yeah. Oh, man. Too bad. Oh, man. It's just awesome. That Tommy Lee's drums on that after he says, Too bad apples, you know, and all of a sudden you hear, I mean, it's killer. If you don't like that, if you're a fan of metal music, you don't like that, something's wrong with you. I, I like you said about Dr. Feelgood, I don't think there's a bad song on this, on uh, 94. They had a thing where you had to order back then before they had downloads to where you get quarantary, I guess. It's like quarantary. 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 I got it. I got I got the CD and everything. I love I love those songs. I mean, I, I thought it was cool because you know they're ragging on John Karabi. Hey, new guy, you know. Well, Tommy Lazier started talking about wearing a shirt, and and then he does that Beatles-like song, which is great. Mick Mars's song is great. I mean, that I bought that. I I, I love I love that. I thought it was Nobody, I had maybe one friend that liked Motley Crue. 
even my buddy that was like, he didn't like it because like he was a diehard Vince fan. Oh yeah. And of course I went back when Vince came back because you know they were one. Well, of the every I, I think liked, everybody you know? when when they did the Generation Swine and they they premiered that night was on American Music Awards. They did Shout the Devil '97. Everybody was like up and on like Motley Crue's back, and then you know kind of died down. Generation Swine was not one of my favorites. I don't um, like. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the original. Uh, I know this is blasphemy, original Shout the Devil. It is. But I like the 97 redone. I like that version. Like if I'm making a playlist, that's the version I'll have on my my playlist. I'm getting ready to mute your mic right now. Uh, anyway, I won't agree. I won't agree with that one more. And I love the, the original would have better. I mean, but I, I don't I, I don't know. I think I think it I, I think it's kind of goes back to that whole thing of people oh my god shout the devil and people just freaked out about it and i was like it's a stupid freaking song <laughs> it makes no sense well, you know shout the devil and we'll get it's into the that. blood between your thigh i mean yeah i yeah. mean come on we'll i mean get, i, I we'll get, get what they were trying to do later. but i know it's a classic it's just it's just i always thought it was kind of like i like other stuff better you know what i mean yeah okay my number eight another doctor feel good same old situation uh, this song grew on me because when I first, you know, come across that, and it used to be, uh, I used to listen to the album the whole way through, you know, it was no problem. And I still do, but this was not one of my favorites at, at the time. But the more I listened to it, uh, like I said, Mick Mars solo, freaking awesome. And then you, when you watch the video, the concert, uh, that was filmed, at the Alpine Valley Music Theater, it's July 7th, 1990. But they dedicated the video to their fans. But everybody knows what the song's about. I mean, his his uh girlfriend is actually playing for the other team now, and uh, she's she's got her a girlfriend, and uh, he's he's <laughs> he's just saying the same old situation, same old ball and chain, you know, it's doesn't matter if it's a girl or a boy, same old ball and chain, same old situation. So are you trying to tell me that that uh, Motley was, you know, about gay rights before, like almost anybody? Evidently, like, right? they were activists before we even knew about it. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it was uh, the album, Dr. Field was fifth single, peaked at number 78 at the Billboard Hot 100, 34 in the Main Street Rock charts. And guess what? <laughs> this is freaking obvious here. According to VH1 Classic, all-time top 10, the song is about lesbianism. You think? I mean, really, the H one? Y'all really reached out there? Y'all cracked but, the code? You think about it, Stevie. It's a full fledged album because you got another song on this album called "She Goes Down," and that's definitely not about lesbianism. Is no, it? no. Okay, so hey, Motley's, you know, and and then Motley's, at the end they do this great song Time called "Time for Change," which yeah. you were saying was a bad They're song. Activist. They're activists, man. But yeah. uh same old situation is just like I said, it's grown on me over the years. It probably this is this is fun, Motley Crew for me. Yeah. Because this is them not taking themselves too seriously. This video will always remind me when I first saw it, like when they're getting off the plane and Tommy Lee's got his weird haircut and yeah. stuff. And because it was the day that I was actually it was the August twenty second, nineteen ninety. I remember that because that's the day I right before it was the second time I got to see Kiss. Me and my we were my buddies were at his house watching Oh, we got it. You remember MTV exclusive world premiere? Oh, yeah. And they played this. And we we're sitting there waiting for the Kiss concert. I was like, oh, man, that's pretty cool, man. I mean, and I I, I missed Motley Crue. It's like, oh, we'll see them next tour. I did. <laughs> Nobody else did. 
but yeah, I mean, everybody else decided no. Yeah, I like the song. I, I think it's cool. I think it's it's funny to see Paul Stanley doing a or or a Vince Neil doing a Paul Stanley impression, holding the guitar but not playing it. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that was so, one of the only videos you see. Vince yeah, that was a, that was a fun, but you could kind of see that they were having fun. I guess they were sober. I mean, according to according to according them, to the, yeah. When they did this is of course when Doctor Feelgood came out. That's right before the Moscow Music Peace Festival, and everybody else was drunk, but them. They had actually went with that what that famous doctor before Doctor Feelgood, and all four of them had went and got clean and sober. Yeah, and uh, you know, Doctor Feelgood was pretty much you know you look at the first the first little track off that album, which is not an actual song, but uh, Terror and Tinsel Terror and Tinsel Talent about Nikki Six and Kickstart My Heart was about Nikki Six's problems. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd say to say that when this song came out, they were pretty much probably not, uh, they may have been the biggest band, biggest rock band in the world. If they were, Metallica, they were Metallica hadn't come out yet. And it's funny how you can go from like that to like what they did three years later, four years later. That's right. All right. Number seven for you. Number seven is a retread. It's Don't Go Away Mad, Just Go Away. This song reminds me of uh, summertime. It was the summer before my senior year. Because I remember Dr. Feelgood came out. God, I think it was the September of my freshman year. So this album lasted a good three years. And I, up to when I graduated. And um, yeah, I, th I think, yeah, when this came out, Don't Go Away Mad, it was in the summer of my, right before my, my senior year. I was working my first job. And I just like that part where Vince is like, you know, they're looking out the window. Seasons may change, separate paths, separate ways. And little did he know. Yeah. And but I, I thought it was really cool. And I, I like the part where Tommy's playing with the dog. I mean, Tommy's playing yeah, with the dog yeah. drums and stuff. And he's got those. I mean, love him or hate him. Tommy Lee's always had animals around and been a, you know, PETA person or whatever. But I just I love this song. I mean, it's it's one of my favorites. And. I remember one time my buddy had this stalker when he was my roommate and this girl would not leave the house. So we put this song in a loop. She still didn't get the message. <laughs> it's like, wow, y'all really like this song, huh? Yeah, I do like this song. I'm not Yeah, we're trying to, to tell you something. Yeah, listen carefully. Mm -hmm. uh, throw a shout out to my buddy Kevin Harrington who's commented in here talking about same hey, old Kevin. situation. The crew takes me back to the good times, Stevie. We, we graduated together. He said, sounded all, awesome in the old Camaro. We had a lot of good times. And, uh, and man, he had a booming system in that in that thing because you, you could hear him way down the road with that system. But, yeah, Kevin, appreciate you listening and chiming in. Um, so we've had we've had a couple of, uh, what, two? Two songs that are so far that have been repeats. So my number seven is the title track of the 19... I think it was 1987 album, Girls, Girls, Girls. I remember, this is how naive I was back then. You know, you read, like I said, I read Hip Parade and Circus cover to cover just about every month. And they were going to do an album called Girls, Girls, Girls. And, you know, being my mom was a diehard Elvis fan, I was like, you mean to tell me they're going to remake Girls, Girls, Girls? And I was like, that was just going to be weird. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, it was far from Elvis Presley's version of Girls, Girls, Girls. Uh, pretty much uh, 
tribute to strip clubs across the United States, and uh, they've mentioned them a lot. Jeez. Uh, How many they mentioned? Let's see. The Tropicana, the Body Shop, Seventh Vale, all located on the Sunset Strip in Los Angeles, the Marble Arch, the Dollhouse, and the Crazy Horse in Paris and Tattletales in Atlanta. So there's, what, eight, eight, seven or eight strip clubs right there. Um, the video was filmed in, on April 13, 1987 with director Wayne Isham. They, of course, it's got to be a strip club thing. Uh, the original cut of the video featured topless dancers and was purposely set by them to MTV before it was rejected and replaced with a more sanitized version. You think they weren't having a ball back then, but they were they were probably at their worst with the drugs. And, oh, girls, girls, girls. So they said, I think they actually canceled part of the tour after that because Doc McGee said, if I didn't, then some of them would have been coming home with body bags. Um, so, but girls, 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 you know, with the, the whole start of it with the, with the uh, motorcycles and all that, at that time when it came out and I had the cassette, that was just like, oh, man, this is so awesome. I can remember seeing the video for Girls, Girls, Girls. Of course, if you buy the Decade of the Decadence uh, uh, home video, they'll have the uncensored one, you know. Oh, and having no internet, having no uh, no internet back then. That's how we got our boobs. And um, <laughs> but I I remember talking about naive, and I knew that he was talking about strip clubs and um, strip clubs in the song and stuff. But I went to LA probably in like the early nineties, like ninety two, ninety three, and I remember going on a tour, like a tour, and we were going downtown LA. And I saw this big ass strip club that said Tropicana. And I was thinking he was talking about the suntan lotion, you know. <laughs> Tropicana is where I lost my heart. Was like, oh, we drove by the Tropicana. That's what he's talking about. I always remember that. I mean, it's like, I mean, because you, I mean, you hear all these words, you don't know what Tropicana is where I lost my heart. I, you know, it, you remember the Tropicana commercials when you were a kid, you know? Oh yeah. But you know that, yeah. girls, girls, girls. I love it because I always thought, God, how what kind of job is that? Do you get to sit around, go to strip clubs? You, you sit there and I like that part where Tommy Lee's messing with that dude's head. He doesn't, yeah. even, he doesn't even realize it. And they get the freaking knife and they throw it down. Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, they, they said at the video too, and I'm, I'm reading this right now. Um, let's see. They originally want to use a body shop, but since that venue is all nude and does not serve alcohol, they ended up shooting at the Seventh Veil. By the time they finished at the club, none of the band members were functioning properly. They left the club on their motorcycles to go to Ice Studio nearby to film inserts, stopping off at a Mexican restaurant for shooters and taquitos on the way. Yeah, so yeah, they were... When you see them on those motorcycles... They're a little, they're a little under the influence there, but uh, especially Tommy Lee said there with no handle. I, I don't know how anybody can with no. I hands. don't either. I'm not that talented. Crazy, crazy, but yeah. So number seven for me, girls, girls, girls. Number six. Number six. This is one of my favorite songs, and this is probably the last song by Motley I ever liked. Oh, wow. I haven't really liked anything they've released since this song. That's me, though. It was on Red, White, and Crew, 
It was a new song. It's called If I Die Tomorrow. I thought this song was just so kick-ass when it came out. I saw them twice on this tour. And you talk about the best tour I've ever seen them on. This, I mean, I saw them here in San Antonio. We were on the floor. I saw them down in Corpus. This tour, the Red Riding Crew was the best tour that I've seen Molly because they did like all their classics, all their thing. And this was a great new song. And I know it was a song by somebody else that they, I guess they bought from somebody else. Nicky changed it up a little bit and made it his own. But if I die tomorrow, I, I next to maybe, next to maybe uh, the show must go on by Queen. This is probably the song I'd probably play at my funeral. Because I just, I mean, I just, this is just a song about, like if Molly ended when they did this song, it would have been perfect. Because they were on the great tour and they were done. But I mean, it's hard to stay away. But yeah. Like I said, any, they, they've done like Streets of Los Angeles or whatever and a few songs after it. I'm not a big fan of them. This is probably the, this is when I kind of started tuning them out when this song. Yeah, I haven't really liked anything since. I wasn't a big fan of that one, but uh, it was okay. It was okay to me, but... Well, you're just wrong, Stevie. I know. I'm wrong. I'm terrible. Hold on. Let me mute you again. <laughs> it's no shot at the devil. Sorry. Yeah, it's no shot at the devil, dude. You can't talk about uh, blood on the stage. So, number six for me. Wow, it's- that's it, huh? Nothing about it. Wow, not one of my favorites. Really, wow. I'm not a big fan of that song. I don't know what wow. to tell you about that, but I'm not a big fan of that song. So do you I mean. think? Do you think like Streets of Gangs of whatever that song? No, they see, do? I'm not. A, I'm not a big okay. fan of that that either. I mean, you, you talk about you kind of tune Motley out around that time. I kind of tune Motley out. I mean, I, I was I was gave it a shot. I gave it a chance with some of the stuff, and everybody talks how, about how brilliant Saints of Los Angeles was. Mm, I'm, I, I just doesn't feel you know people want to talk about the 94 album doesn't feel like Motley Crue Saints of Los Angeles didn't feel like Motley Crue to me I mean well honestly, honestly this If I Die Tomorrow is not really Motley either it's not their song but I just like the version because yeah. it's okay. the last time I ever heard Vince sing good <laughs> hey man we'll talk about Obama like that um oh, my <laughs> my number six is also another another girls 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 and uh wild side take her out on the wild side and uh you know the video you watch the video and of course that's when that that tour tommy lee was doing the crazy rotating drum solo and all that and uh you know they were pretty much living on the edge like we said during a girls, girls, girls tour, but uh, Wild Side, you know, that was the lead off song of the album. Uh, they're pretty much talking about their lives in Los Angeles, how crazy they were. And I think they kind of, to me, as good as Girls, Girls, Girls was, the album, it could have been a lot better. And they say it, they even say it themselves, they, they kind of threw, through that together you know you had some you had some good songs on there but they threw a lot of that album together and they were heavily under the influence but you know they kind of flirt with like you talk about shout the devil they kind of flirt with 
ticking off the Lord a little bit too to get a perverse perverse take on the Lord's prayer. Our Father who ain't in heaven, be thy name on the wild side. You know, stuff like that. Um, Nikki Six said in his book, The Heroin Diaries, he explained how the song came to be. He was casually seeing a Catholic schoolgirl and one day asked her to recite the Lord's Prayer. He thought it sounded cool, so he messed with it and out came Wildside. So the Lord's Prayer influenced Wildside. Um, it's just a, it's just one of those kick-ass songs from Motley Crue. I mean, what can you say about it? But uh, kicking ass on the wild side. That's what I and, – and Mick Mars. Like I said, I told you that was going to be a, a recurring theme on my top ten. Mick Mars. What can you say about the guy? The guy goes through so much, and everybody talks about, well, he just sits on stage like a, a, a statue. He can't freaking move half the time, but he's out there putting out killer freaking solos, killer riffs. The guy is the unsung MVP of Motley Crue, no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. Wild Side, great song. Um, you sound like Bruce Kulick then. Hey, guys, Wild <laughs> great Side. Song. Great song. Well, <laughs> Wild Side, I'm going to reserve talking about this till a little bit later. Ooh, can't, I got you. Can't. I got you. Cause I got a lot to say about it. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Number five. I need more cowbell. Do, 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 do. Live wire. Live wire. The version that was on there. I, I don't know. And people think I'm crazy. The version <laughs> that's on decade of decadence is the better version in my opinion. Cause it's amped up and another Mick Mars gym. I Dude. mean, Livewire is just just that. I mean, it's just I mean, kick ass from start to end. Let me so ask much you energy. Something. Love this song. Let me ask you something about Too Fast for Love, the album. Do you feel like the production on that, and the reason why I ask because you said that, and I have at times when I listen to the album, the production on Too Fast for Love is kind of, you know, when they amped it up, it, it that's what makes it sound so better. It's not as bad as the production on Hotter Than Hell by Kiss, but it's still it's yeah. not up to par from the other. I like the later mixes. I like the later mixes they have of that, and I think Livewire is one of them. Yeah, uh, you're gonna you're gonna that in a piece of your action. That's that's amped up pretty. Yeah, well. I like piece of your action. I like Merry Go Round. Uh, what was the other one? I'm with the show. You know, you know, it's funny about that is that I got into Motley around you know Theater of Pain and stuff. But I really didn't discover a lot of the older stuff till I got Decade of Decadence, went back and listened to Livewire. I mean, I always heard it, and I heard Piece of Your Action, you know, and all that stuff. And that's why I think Decade of Decadence was such a great, great, when uh, great collection. The year, uh, the year Theater of Pain came out, that Christmas I got, uh, <sighs> Jeez, what was in it? I'm now I'm drawing a blank. I got the debut album, um, Too Fast for Love. I guess that's what it was called, right? I'm having a brain crotch shot, crotch shot. Yeah, I got I got that and uh, started listening to it, and I was like, holy crap, you know. But you know, you're gonna get a kick out of this. I think this is the first time this has ever happened with us. My number five is Live Wire as well. Uh, wow. Yeah. So. that was the debut single for Motley Crue. Uh, and and just, you know, 
I was a bigger fan of the later albums, but the more I listened to Too Fast for Love, it was like, okay, these guys are pretty, this is pretty good. And uh, yeah, Fozzie's covered the song on their debut album. Um, this was, was this the one? No, this wasn't the one, the video where uh, uh, Nikki sets his, is that the one where Nikki sets his leg on fire? Yeah. Cause I saw that yeah. video. They were saying that they put alcohol on it. It's like, cause alcohol doesn't yeah. burn, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. In 2014, the Cadillac three covers the song with Nashville Outlaws, a tribute to Motley Crue. So I'm a, I've actually got the uh, Nashville Outlaws album on my list of on my album challenge. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to sound, but we'll see. Wow. But we yeah. tied number five. That's impressive. Tied for number five. I think it's the first time that's ever happened. <clears throat> Number four, it's a deep track mm. off Theater Pain. Hold Song, on. I Hold think on. I can I guess it. Yeah, keep your eye on the money. No, City Boy Blues. No, jeez, never mind. Fight for your rights. Fight, fight for your rights. Really, number yeah. four. I love this song because it's. I think this is the first Motley Crue song I ever heard. Oh, okay. She's when I got of... Theater of Pain, and I just liked it because it had that, it had that twisted sister shout volume vocals that I liked so at this time, and this song has just always stuck with me. I mean, it comes on, I just jam it. I just love this song. And like I said, it's a deep track, but I think it's probably the first Motley Crue song I ever heard besides Theater. Hold on. So it's Home kind of, Home. it's kind of nostalgic for you. Yeah, and I just I like it. Five, five, four, <laughs> and there's actually a lawyer. That has it on his his he has a commercial locally, and I heard it, it's been on. And I heard it, I was like, "Is that Molly?" And I, I could hear it, and it reminded me of this. Song. I can hear that right. Come on down, fight, fight for your right. Yeah, yeah I just this is just that, a kick-ass song. I just think I mean it start to finish. Is that right next to the Vince Neil where he gets his uh, paycheck loan commercial on it too? Is that what they're doing? <laughs> wow, this this paycheck machine kicks ass. Yeah, but you don't use it, for, use it for vocal lessons. Yeah, please. Uh, Kevin Harrington chiming in again, and he's already given away. It's girls, girls, girls for me. So that's Kevin's good, good choice. Course. A good song. Of course, it would be for Kevin. But uh, number four for me, we've already talked about it a little bit. Uh, is and and you know, this may be this wasn't a single, believe it or not. But shout at the devil. And uh man, just hearing that riff the first time. Dun, 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 Mick Mars, Mick Mars. And you know, and then you hear events for the first time. And I can remember getting and like a lot of people, when you get that album and you look at it, who's a blonde chick on there? Why is she not why is she not wearing a bra? Why is she topless? Um, <laughs> but uh yeah, shout the devil. And you know, looking at the lyrics, it's kind of at the end. It's kind of like, okay, y'all, you guys, kind of did overdid at the end. Shout, 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 shout at the devil. Shout, shout, shout. And then just at the end, shout, 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 shout. And this was actually supposed to be what was the name of it originally supposed to be? Shout with the devil. And they kind of and the the guys at the record company or or the manager decided to say hey you need to uh 
change that up a little bit because there was a lot of crap going on. If you do, if you look at some of the stuff that was going on, um, I think one of the managers or something went to uh, Vince, uh, not Vince, but Nikki was was dabbling in the occult, uh, so we say, and uh, something happened when one of the managers or something was there, and, and a knife moved across the room no, by no. itself. What happened is that they said they were sitting around doing a bunch of cocaine, and a guitar pick went and stuck into the top of the ceiling. Okay, he just admitted he's been doing a bunch of cocaine, so yeah. there ain't probably been no guitar pick going no ceiling. But there was there was a talk about a knife too. I want to say. No. Oh come no. on! I watch the dirt. Watch the dirt. I watch the dirt. That's just the thing to sell albums, bro. That's all. Okay. I'm just saying. You're talking to a former paranormal investigator. It ain't like Hollywood, bro. It don't happen. Oh my God, what was that? I'm just kidding. It's a knife. <laughs> huh? Who? What? 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 Anyway, shout yeah, out to the Not the like, 97 oh. version, the original version. Shout out the devil. He's wolf screaming lonely tonight. He's a blood stain on the stage. This song is probably iconic because it's old, but that's all I got to say about it. Yeah, it's one of the first. It's cool, but cheesy song. Not one of my favorites. He's a knife in your back. He's rage. Well, he's a razor to the knife. A lonely as life. My head spinning round and round. Hey, listen to this, though. Did you know these two lines were like a tribute to Aerosmith? My head spinning round and round. But in the seasons of weather, we'll stand and deliver. Be strong. Season of weather and round and round. They're taking. Oh yeah, the seasons of weather. That's about love for the devil too. I mean, you think. Yeah, about so it. they're 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 taking off on Aerosmith. And that outfit there. that Nikki Six is wearing in uh, smoking in the boys' room—that's straight Tyler out of the seventies. Straight <laughs> oh, jumpsuit out of Tyler of the seventies. Let me guess. You've got uh, smoking in the boys' room on your list. No, I never liked that song. Oh, I don't like on. the original one either. I didn't like the original one. I liked the, I, I did like the remake, but anyway. I don't like anything three. that encourages sin, Stevie. Whatever. And you what, what yeah. And you like Motley Crue music? You didn't oh, like I didn't like Shout the Devil because it goes against my no, it's kidding. I won't go there. Dude, whatever. Okay, where are we at? Number three? Number three for you. Number three for me. Probably the earliest crew song that it's on my list. I'm not really familiar with Shout the Devil and the first album, I think this is off the first album, but I love this song, Starry Eyes. Yeah. It's got a great, it's got a great drum, got a great killer guitar, just nothing bad about this song. Vince sounds great on this song. He sounds like he's all of 12, but I mean, he's not overdoing it. He's, he's singing great and great song. Starry Eyes. drum in the middle. I mean, I love that too. Yeah. Cowbell. More, we need more cowbell. I've got a fever. And the prescription is more cowbell. Yeah, Starry Eyes, one of my number three for me is love this song. Yeah, but I'm not uh, Starry Eyes is not on not on my list, but well you're then wrong then, Steven. I again. know. Once again, I'm wrong. I'm once gonna, again. I'm gonna mute myself right now. Okay. Um <clears throat> anyway, Starry Eyes, yeah, that's that's not I don't know. The like I said, I mentioned the my favorites off that album. Starry Eyes is okay with me, but it's not one of my favorites off that album. It's no shout the devil, I guess, huh? It's no merry-go-round. Well, they got a lot no. more. Go- at least they're singing about starry eyes, and not just shout, shout. What do you shout, think? Starry eyes. It's a- they don't say it's about starry Paul eyes. Stanley, brother. Whoa, it's about starry Paul eyes. Stanley. Whoa. 
And I guess that would be star eye, not really starry eyes. Yeah, they're thinking about yeah. Paul Stanley, right? And then before he did his Folgers commercial. Um, Dude. <laughs> number three for me, the self-titled of uh, the epic album, Dr. Feelgood. You thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? Uh, released in 1989, that was first single. Dr. Fieldwood became Motley Crue's first American top 10 heat hit, peaking at number six. Yeah, I'm thinking about you right then. You got, Texas is so hot right now. On the Billboard Hot 100, it's highest ranking single to this day. The single was certified gold by the RAA for more than 500,000 units shipped in the United States. So It's higher than Home Sweet Home? Yeah. Really? Yeah, unbelievable, but huh. I was kind of in shock when I read are that. Not the, are not the great without you? No, it's not great there. Um, wow, I didn't. But know yeah, Feel Good comes out, and and the I mean, you're talking about the big hype machine. This this song was hyped up so much by MTV before the video came out. It's a great song, dude. Like, yes, oh, I mean, it starts off with that great riff, opening riff. The drum. it proves everybody wrong that Nikki Six can't play bass because he kicks ass on this. Yes, song. he does. Yes, he that does. Doom, doom, it's doom, every, doom. Everybody is everybody's on point and on this song right here oh yeah and you you listen to the lyrics it's talking of course talking about a drug dealer uh starting out in the streets and then taking over and then going down pretty much a scarface story but uh yeah just incredible and then of course you've got the uh in the in the solo you got mick mars up there come play with dr feel good i mean come on now when they really finally give mick mars a chance I waited. Something. I waited so long because I, because during Girls, 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 I became and my next song. I'll talk about this. I became a Motley fan. They were like my biggest. They're my. I so waited. I had gotten hot in the shade, you know, eighty nine. But I, when this was coming out in September, they kept pushing it back. I so waited for this, and when I heard Doctor Feel Good, and then I saw the video of them like in the desert in the tent. I was like, oh my God. Tommy Lee had his hair back. Vince yeah. had great looking hair. Nikki was cool. They I mean, they cool. were just in, they were kicking ass. You didn't I can't believe the... this song didn't make my top 10. This is honorable mention though. I love this song. What? Dr. Feel Good did not make your top 10. And no. freaking uh, Fight from the Right did. did. Yeah, Fight from the Right did. That's my blue, yeah. That's your blue. <laughs> that, that's that's, that's my no. Blue. <laughs> that's my that's my roots. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, Sorry. Kevin Harrington chimed that's in. Got... He's giving some lyrics. He's the one that makes you feel all right. Yeah, uh, Kevin, that was Doctor Feelgood. But yeah, you like you, you talk about it. they were they were at their peak with Doctor Feelgood. Um, they had the look. They were healthy. They could play their ass off. I mean, they, I don't think they were ever better than they were, they were at Dr. Feelgood. But anyway. Maybe 94. Oh, you know, I'm t- all right. Well, I'll say with Vince. That was their peak with okay. Vince. I'll put it that what way. No way, dude. Hmm? Generation Swine, dude. Come on. Oh, yeah. Brandon. That's your number one. Is that right? worse than Torpedo Girl? Uh, oh god you know what i'll take torpedo girl any day over brandon thought, yeah brandon you're my son come on dude really tommy lee hey he was facing prison he had to do a song to 
make the they should have thrown him in prison more for the longer for doing that song. That was awful. God awful. Anyway, so number three for me is Dr. Feelgood. And you don't even have it on your list. Do you? Nope, I do not. I think it's fatigue for me. It's just okay. I, I can still like this song. I can understand that, but you know. If I had to put a song, I would have put Kickstart My Heart above Dr. Feelgood, but that was my choice, but it didn't make my list either. Number two. What? Oh my gosh. Number anyway, two. go on number two. This is gonna be this is gonna be you, it, you gonna about it Hold on, I'm gonna go ahead. Hold on. I'm channeling your energy right now. Judging from what you've been picking here lately, number two for you is off the dirt soundtrack, the remake of Madonna's Like a Virgin. <laughs> Still better than Shout the Devil original. Good shout, Lord, no. shout, shout with might, the devil. I might actually hold hands and shout with the devil. No, I might actually listen to Brandon over the Like a Virgin one. I didn't even hear it. I don't. I don't listen to him anymore. I don't. That movie was that. The book was great. The movie was like yeah. The book was really good. I, you know, the movie was okay. Wild Side, my number two, Stevie. This is a song that pretty much cemented me as Molly being my favorite band. And I have Kirk Cameron to thank for it, Mr. Evangelist. Oh, yeah, from the Dudley Because Moore I movie. remember, like, you know, he's, like, preachy now and stuff. But he was in a movie with Dudley Moore back in the late yeah. 80s called, like, Father Like Son. Yes. And they jammed this song, like, throughout half the movie. And I got out of that movie, and I go, I'm going to Target, and I'm buying Girls, Girls, Girls. Because I had, because I had, I had, um, I had theater pain. Mm-hmm. I had and then, but this is like eighty. This is back when Girls 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 was out. This is like eighties. I heard Girls 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 on there, but Wild Side, hearing that song, hearing that Our Father Who Ain't in Heaven, from somebody like me that's raised the way I was here. Like, oh my God! But I had a more, I had a harder time with a baby cries, a cop dies, than I did with a God part because I was like, oh wow. But I mean, that must be a really bad part, you know? It, I mean, it's not cop killer like what Ice T did. <laughs> but I mean that was pretty that was pretty radical for the 80s. Yeah. I mean, and this song, I don't know if it's true, but they only played it during certain times. But there's another, but kind of talking about how cutting edge Motley was. There's another song on here. I don't know if it made it your top 10, but You're All I Need was a no, song that they played on the radio. And what they had it like that was season? a damn ballad. I like, do you hear the words that they're saying? They wouldn't play Wildside because he said, you know, our God aren't in heaven. But they would, they play, would play a freaking song. All I need about, about a killing guy killing girlfriend. his girlfriend. Yeah. They wouldn't play. I remember they wouldn't play the video on MTV. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's, and I remember my ex-girlfriend told me it's a shame they never played that video. I go, why? Have you watched it? never looked so good. And I'm like, oh, shut up. <laughs> and then you went out and got extension so you could look like Nikki Six, right? No, I was always Brian Weed. I was always a chubby guy with it. Didn't look good, man. That's what my buddy. You're like Brian Weed. Weed. It's like I wish I still had his hair. Jeez, you said something a while ago, and I cannot remember what I was going to tell you now. It's bad. It sucks getting old because it was something. It was something good. It was going to be good. It came out of my mouth. It's probably something brilliant. It was going to come out of my mouth. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> my number two. Another Dr. Feel Good. Kickstart my heart. Good, uh, Good choice. You know, from the start of it, when you when you hear 
the uh, guitar Montrose. playing sound like a sound like a race car changing gears, ripping off Montrose. Yeah, yeah. Put Montrose against Motley Crue. See who comes out the winner. I'm talking. You ever heard that Montrose song? Get on your best. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing, but still, Motley Crue. Did you don't have to rag on Montrose, brother. Send your emails to Stevie at <laughs> I'm not. I'm not ragging on Montrose. I'm just saying Motley Crue did it better. Uh, well, yeah, it was 30 years later. Of course, they did it better. They had stereo by the 90s, 80s, wherever this was at. 20 years. Who knows? So this this song is all but, about. Uh, okay, let's see who can sing it better live today, though. Ooh, he went good there. Good point there. Good point there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right, you know who I'm going to go with on that one. Um, <laughs> pretty much all about Nikki Six's drug overdose. Uh, talking about when he died and when paramedics arrived, they shot him with adrenaline as a last-ditch effort to save him. So the adrenaline kick-started his heart. So this is this is uh, Nikki Six has shocked me. Is what it is. Except he didn't sing it. Um, Dude, don't even compare kickstart my heart to shock me. What do you say? Put on your black leather. No way, dude. Dude, kicks. I, I love Kiss. Shock me is better than Torpedo Girl. Okay, that may be the case, but still, you know. But don't, the don't. I just come said on. that was that was Nikki's shock oh. me. I mean, it was a real life story about Nikki six to lay on his back to sing it. To oh wait, no, that's another story. Nikki doesn't sing. Doesn't sing Brandon. No, that's Tommy. Oh, shut up. No, and Tommy doesn't sing Brandon either. Not very well. And Tommy Lee's probably like that right now. You motherfucker, I'm going to kick your ass when I see you. Yeah, come get me, Tommy. Yeah, well, he's going to be in San Antonio next month, so be careful. Well, I, I don't like Texas anyway, so, you know, you'd like you you said, never been like here. It. How do you know you don't like you, it? You, you told me a while ago you, that I didn't like Texas. Well, you, you know, don't. You I like Texas because you don't. You don't. You never, always rag on my football teams now. I mean, Stone Cold wasn't in your top ten. I mean, come on, dude. Well, we actually took a beating from Zeus on the uh, top ten ratings. Oh, I know, because he likes Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, Goldberg, The Rock. Goldberg? Goldberg? Goldberg. Uh, but The yeah, Rock, yeah. You know, it was. It's a, we've got different tastes. He's, he's from Wait till you hear my top ten wrestling – I don't know if I can come up with 10 wrestling tag teams, man. I really don't. Oh, yeah, you can. It'll be easy. I'm going to have to get like Mil Mascaras and Rey Mysterio like that one time in New York. and The Mulkies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Mulkies. ran wild. Hell, yeah. They beat the Conquistadors. What was that real bad team that they tried to make the Road Warriors at Demolition? Demolition actually actually got better as time. Because when they first started, I was like, Oh my God! It's so it's just a really bad road warrior ripoff. And then and the guys weren't even in shape. You know who I mean, you had? You, you, had, had, you had know who Yeah, Crusher Crusher. The mass superstar was the other one. Yeah. And then Crush. Yeah. I mean, Crush wasn't Crush one of them. Or? Crush got that was when they went stupid and got three of them. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I mean, because they they put they pulled the whole killer bees thing and put the mask on. Nobody knows that. Yeah, Kevin, we're getting off track. But anyway. that's what I like about you, Stevie. You're just like me. You have ADD to the like extreme. We'll go, One little we'll, thing can make you go. Anyway, we'll get back on it, Kevin. I promise you. So, what was I saying? Kickstart my heart. My number two. Um, you know, 
the the guitar riffs, like I said, Mick Mars is great. Vince sounds pretty good. And like I said, they were on point with the whole whole uh Dr. Feelgood album. But the reason it didn't probably didn't get number one is you just can't I just can't go above what I got at number one. I can't put anything above what I got at number one right now, but we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, I I I think with me if this and Dr. Feelgood is just fatigue, kind of with same old situation. I think I've heard those so many times that it's just I like my mind won't let me do it. Same old but, situation. I don't. I I can't say that's got fatigue with me because for like, me, like I said, it got it grew on me over the years. So, Stevie, okay. I think we may have the same number one. It's probably a good good chance because I'm. It. I agreed with you. I agreed with you that I couldn't put anything above it. It's for you, man. No, it's without you by my off without <laughs> you right off the. Whatever. Isn't that your number one too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Time for change. That's what it is. Yeah, time for change. It's Angela. Brandon, part two. <laughs> My number one. Home sweet home. The original version. It's gotta be not the ninety-one version with the, you know, and you can you can tell in the original version where Tommy Lee hits that that is it a snare or whatever it's called a symbol. Yeah. I always wait for that. Yeah. Home sweet home. Their best song, in my opinion. Yes, I, I mean the iconic power ballad. I mean, it started the power ballad. I mean, MTV, uh, the 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 countdown, the top ten that they did would dial MTV uh, in the afternoon every day. They had to retire it because it was number one for so many weeks. They finally said, "You can't vote for it anymore." Um, yeah. I, I don't I don't know what else you could say besides great song and the video makes it even better. I mean what do you think that, about that girl that's sitting there and she's there? What do you think she left? top? What do you think, think about, her? Hey mom, is that you? Is that hey grandma, you, is that you? Mom, what were you doing? Yeah. Uh, I was uh, living. I mean, nowadays you'd probably get you probably get sued for that. Yeah, can you imagine? Because she was all probably like what 16. Yeah. Of course, and then Tommy Lee's like, but yeah, and then the end uh, near the end where it's right before Vince starts back up singing, and Tommy and Mick or Mick standing behind him playing, and Tommy's sitting there, and he's just not wanting to look at the camera, but he's looking at the camera from you see him looking, but yeah, great video, great song. Um, there'll be, I can't, and I'll probably give away if we ever do a a top 10 power ballad thing that it, home sweet home is just the the power ballad it's where all power ballads start i agree me. with you um you've been two you've been right twice in your life stevie on this podcast and that was number five and number one this week yeah well you've been wrong on number four <laughs> that's a good song like, like four, you're right okay so i'm assuming this is chris odom again uh to, I think it's a Facebook user. Like I said, for some stream, you are won't post it up your, your Facebook name up there unless you agree to that. But home sweet home was at a local high school, North Hampton East class on one year, according to Mike green, who graduated from there. That, I mean, as far as a class song, what do you think? Ward? Nah, hey, it, it means different things, to different people. Why not? I'm on my way home, sweet home. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna rag on somebody's 
song, Stevie. That's not for me to be judge. I'm not ragging on the song. I'm just saying. Because, I mean, if I wanted to be a lawyer, I would have fight for your right, dude. Let me mute you again. Am I going to have to mute you again? Anyway, what I'm saying, I'm saying in your, no, listen to me now. In your opinion, would that be a good choice for a class song? Yeah. I'm trying, I'm listening to the lyrics in my head right now. I'm a dreamer. I'm on my way, home sweet home. Had to you run away high. You ran away high. Yeah. You wouldn't come home low. Yeah. You got the same place you were right. You know, I was wrong. Man, dude. Are, are we going to do a Grinch episode bad. already? It's not, bad. Oh, it's not bad. It's not a bad choice for but yeah. Man. That's dude, you're like one of the most positive people I know, bro. I mean, it's like you're starting to bring me down. I don't know if it's the Tylenol I'm on or what, bro. But I'm hey, man, if you want right to go now. home sweet home, go home sweet home. Home sweet Hell, Fat Bottom Girls could be a good song for a freaking class song. Have you got plenty of them in your glass? Mm. No, I don't think Fat Bottom Girls will work on that one. All right, so honorable mentions. Let's hear them. Piece of Your Action. You're All I Need. Rodeo, which should have been a single. City Boy Blues. And Rock and Roll Junkie. That's mine. I agree with the rock and roll junkie. Um, smoking in the boys' room. Yeah. Ten seconds to love. Good song. Yes. Uh, on with the show. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give the trilogy for the '94 album. If you're, well, there's actually four of them, but these three are my favorite from the '94 album: Hooligans Holiday, Poison Apples, and Misunderstood. Smoke the Sky is another one that's really good, but those three are uh oh, getting some negative feedback from Kevin Harris. Nah, smoking in the press box. Okay, <laughs> we're going back to high school days anyway. Um, but I never took part in that. That was all Kevin. You didn't inhale or what? No, I know. I I can tell you the honest God truth to this day, and God's my witness. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. Never. I never have either. I smoked several. Um, <laughs> the the um, I think my song that I like the most off uh, one of the I like off of '94 is uh, "Till Death Do Us Part." It's me, myself, and I till death do us part. I like that one because just okay. about you kind of have yourself, and that's pretty much you know. We'll do a me poll. myself till death do us part. We'll do a poll. pretty deep man. It's like a well. I'm gonna do a poll on Twitter and get people to pick between "Fight for Your Right." If I die tomorrow, until <laughs> wow, you don't like that song either. Till death do us part. It's not one of my favorites. I told you what my favorite. Yeah, but I don't was. sit there and rag on freaking songs that they've played into the ground on the radio. I mean, you have torpedo yours, girl. but man, I can have mine too, man. This, these aren't me. torpedo girls. Don't get offended. Fixes. No, man, I'm am offended, man, because I'm not offended. You know, home sweet home could be my my song, man. Well, you know what? I want it to be. You know what I was thinking about before I made the comment about uh, Kickstart My Heart? I was going to say, it's kind of fatigue. It would have been my number one, but it's so fatigued. But uh, Home Sweet Home should be fatigued for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, so I, I, I stopped myself from saying that. But, uh, yeah. So. Yeah, music is subjective. So what be on your Yeah, and, and I mean, we, mess, we mess with each other back and oh, forth. Yeah. But 
I'll tell you this. Stevie knows he's wrong, so he'll accept yeah, it. One day, I, I know. You know. Torpedo Girl is when like he kicks a me off when he kicks winner. me off the podcast and goes, "Don't go away, mad Jason. Just, just go, go away." away. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's 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 all in what you like, and I will never. I'll joke around with the Warden, but I will never criticize anybody for anything on their top ten list except oh, Torpedo yeah, Girl. Joking. But you know, um, that does it for Motley Crue. For our top ten Motley Crew, we had—I mean, we had two, two identical picks. So we're getting a little bit better at this, I guess. Uh, yeah. you're anyway, finally, you're finally coming around. So, <laughs> uh, I think it's you that was coming around. Man, Station Battleships next. Oh my God! Next up, we're gonna we're gonna preview the Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey soundtrack. That's a good soundtrack. It is a good soundtrack. I was hoping you'd say that because, but what made me think about that was the Winger song on that Battle Station. Battle Stations. Yep, that was that. And I'll be a Stewart, but that was a really good Winger song. I like Winger. Ain't nothing wrong with Winger. Nothing's wrong with Winger. No matter what Lars Ulrich says. Um. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so Saturday night. We're not. We are we going live or not? I don't know if we're going live on that one. We'll see. It, I'll ask Pinocchio what he wants to do. Maybe he can bring in some uh, some some Australian people to uh, new fans. We'll open a new fan base, but we'll, gotta, we'll see about that. I got to get my top ten list going for you. Put me to work this week. We're we got two top list. We actually, yeah, we need to talk about that because I'm representing Tame and Sorry. Uh, frequent guest to show uh, the lead singer for Tame and Sorry, Warren Meredith. And we will have not one, but two members of Tame and Sorry next Wednesday night as we do another top 10 list. And uh, yeah, you got to get to work, dude. I got that one done. I got that. I got that one done for next week. It's just the one you sprang on me today for Saturday is what I got to work on. Well, that's not that hard. Maybe I'll put the Goldberg and Hulk Hogan in a tag team together to make other people happy. Hold on. Why don't you put? Let me see. Who would be a good crappy tag team? Oh my gosh. Paul Roma and Arn Anderson. Oh my God. Don't talk about Arn that way. Paul Roma and Paul Wonderwolf. Hey, don't be ragging on Mr. Wonderful. Well, don't be ragging on Arn. I didn't rag it on Arn. I just said it was a crappy team. Well. Pretty wonderful wasn't that wonderful either. They did win the tag belt, but so did Roman and, and Orn. They won the tag belts too. But that no, was because I, I was think Orn. I think I think I'm gonna say this. I think our number one, me and yours, are gonna be the same. That's all I'll probably. say because we talked about it before, but we won't probably, go there. yeah, probably. And, and a lot of people, you know, I think Pinocchio is, is gonna be a whole different list because he's in a whole different generation than we were. So, I would see. Is he younger than us? Yeah, he's way younger than us. He's one of the babies. Uh, so we'll, we'll this should be interesting. But we've been wanting to get Pinocchio on the show for a while, and he's been he's he's really been wanting to get on here. So yeah, I'm excited to have him on. I got to meet him at yeah, the, he's uh, he's actually a, a listener, which is great. Yeah, yeah. I got to meet him at the uh, shout out loud beer social, and uh, he he's very knowledgeable guy, knows his stuff, and. Uh, Loves wrestling. Loves that's why he's got his own theme song, brother. Yeah, I, that was that's what I said that night at the beer social. I said my goal is to be like Pinocchio and to get my own theme song on Shout Out Loudcast. And Zeus said, "Oh hell no, we're not doing any more theme songs for nah, anybody. It's already hard many. enough." So 
Yeah. All right. So that's what we got going on for next week, guys. Um, you know what would be a good theme song for you? Family tradition. Ask Stevie, why don't you drink? You know what? You know what? I was I actually listened to uh, on my album challenge this week, Tom Petty, and the thing, the title song from his album, Southern Accents. Yeah, that would be my theme song. I said that's why I think my theme song should be. But we want to. We also want to give a thanks out. Uh, if you listen to this on the podcast, you will have already heard. The new bumper we have from Tom and Zeus. Yes, thank you very much, guys. Uh, shout out Loudcast. They were they were nice enough to do that for us. Great guys. And uh, got to thank, too, Matthew Bazemore, as always, for doing our beats and our music. And uh, there's going to be a new – we might have a new new song with the – mixed in with the Matthew with Matthew stuff uh, from our good friend Joe Decker. He might be working on something for us. You know, Joe's a great guitar player and – we might we might have a little something working right now, but uh, thank you guys as always for for tuning in for Kevin Harrington for uh, Mallory my daughter and uh, Robert Matthews, uh, Chris Odom from the Swamp Talk podcast. Uh, thank you guys for chiming in and listening to everybody out there. Twitter, Kiss Dude, I, I know you you would like the Twitter feed. We can't get the comments from Twitter up here, but uh, we'll definitely look see see who commented on that but uh if you like what you hear subscribe to us apple spotify pandora Podchaser, good pods stitcher what else what other else am i leaving out uh, anywhere you can you listen to your podcast that subscribe give us a five-star review that helps and man please uh L, I'll, I'll i'll give credit i have to tell lp sterlino Another shout out Loudcaster. He gave us a five star review. Nice. Thank you so much. That means Thank a lot to us. And uh, anytime you guys got some free time, just a couple of minutes, it doesn't take long to do. Just give us a five star review. Just Check like us in it. the mail. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what you might get from uh, us? You might get a hard time, but you know, we might send you a bill. But anyway, <laughs> check us out on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. We got our own YouTube channel there on the fly. And uh, also check out our Facebook pages. We've got the on the fly Facebook group. We've got, what is it? Uh, all things, all things rock, hard rock and metal. Facebook and page. That 80s page. And that 80s page. We're, check us out. We're We've actually metal. picked up a lot on all three groups. We picked up a lot over the last couple of weeks. I think uh, on the fly is up to about 450 now. We want to get to 500. Uh, anytime you share, uh, anytime you can share our group with with your friends, uh, anytime you share on the fly or that 80s page and all things rock hard, hard rock and metal. I don't want to say rock hard and metal. Uh, but all things rock, hard rock and metal. Anyway, it's like a glove and it feels just right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. As always, Warden, great time. Enjoying proving your, your your playlist is wrong and mine is right. Well, Stevie, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Glad you could see me again and enjoy my company. Well, you'll be seeing you'll be probably seeing way too much of me. In a yeah, we're getting overtime this week, but yeah, you know, yeah, said I got to time and a half. This he week. would double my pay, which is you know, I'm not retiring yet. <laughs> 
that's what I say about my my pay of uh, for my football team. I said if we, I told I told the guys one year, if you get me a win over this team, the the incentive clause in my contract will double and maybe even triple my pay. And they're like, some of them were looking at me like, really? You get paid? No. Anyway. Anyway, guys. All right, guys. That's going to do it for this week. Like I said, check us out on social media. Check us out on all the podcast platforms. And you guys have a great weekend. We will see you again next week on the fly. See ya.